This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is The Property Show and I'm Mark Tan. There have been about 6 million residential homes built in Malaysia and another 400,000 incoming units. And as it stands, there's already an overhang situation of almost 70,000 units. So today, if you own a property and looking to rent it out, you'll be joined by many other landlords looking for the same tenants. It's definitely a renter's market right now. With little chance of capital appreciation or a quick sale, are you able to secure a decent rental yield and equally important, find a good tenant? To share with us some industry tips on how to rent out your property in this tough market, we speak with Vincent Lim, founder of Cozy Homes, a digital platform that specialises in simplifying tenancy management for landlords. Good morning, Vincent. Good morning, good morning, Mark. Now, we all have heard this story before. I bought a new property and hope to get a 3 plus percent rental rate of return. I collect the keys and find out there are 20 other units just like mine for rent. The agents I contact say the best I can get is a 2% rental yield. Is this still the same story going on today? So agents, when they are selling the properties, right, they will they will tell you a lot of uh, good things about the property, whether it's a 4 or 5%. They will tell you it's worth buying the property. But the thing is, when you come to the actual uh, VP session, right, which is to get the keys, a lot of time is not what is being told. Why? is because all the upcoming projects surrounding the property is not built yet, and hence uh, they are not helping in terms of the rental. Now, it's a bit of a cliche, but is location, location, and location still the first three rules of property investment and purchases? Uh, yeah, I have to say it is still location, location, location because we are buying into a space, we are buying into a land area. Hence, I think location is very important. Location also contributes to uh, how you can rent out, who to rent out to and how you can rent out to. So if you are buying a property for rental, what other factors should you consider besides the location? Well, there are a lot of other factors that you need to consider. few of the examples, amenities the surrounding facilities, uh, the surrounding buildings, uh, transportation for sure, public transport, because you must understand who you are renting out to end of the day. So for example, if expats, right, I think expats will prefer places uh, well in the city centre. KLCC is one of their hotspots. Of course, Monkiara, uh, Hatamas, you know, all these places, they have all the amenities in place cluster into in, in one area, focus in one area, and the transportation, everything is well established. If let's say you are a family, so you probably will find something with a quieter, peaceful, more harmonious uh, environment, but at the same time, you have secondary school, primary school, or kindergartens, right? Then the next one, if you're a student, be it you are a local student or you are foreign students, you want it to be near your school because you don't want to spend so much time traveling around. Um, so yeah, it really depends on what kind of tenant that you are actually aiming for because that determines what kind of property you should purchase. Now, once you have the property and you want to rent it, obviously you need to find a property agent. So you know, what are the agent fees today? Property agents are collecting one month rental for a one year tenancy. So it goes like that. If it's a two-year tenancy, the agent will ask for 1.25. And if it's a three-year tenancy, agent will ask for 1.5. So out of curiosity, some of these rental agreements has an automatic renewal period. So it could be like a two plus one or a three plus two. So when it comes to the plus two, is the landlord also committed to pay the agent any additional fees? A lot of the tenancy agreement these days, they like to use the plus one. But honestly speaking, if you ask me, I think the plus one doesn't mean anything. It's just 
putting there for consideration for both parties. So for example, there should be some other clause saying that the rental next year probably will go up based on the market rate. So if let's say owner wants it to be happen for a higher rental, but tenant disagree to that increment of the rental, I think the tenant still have the choice to not continue, not renew the tenancy. So honestly speaking, the plus one doesn't mean anything. And also, we as a landlord don't have to pay anything on the plus one. You know, finding a good property agent these days may not be the easiest thing to do. And if you cannot find an agent you are comfortable with, you know, someone you can trust and want to do it alone, as in rent out the property by yourself, what are the options for the landlord or what channels can he use to list and rent out the unit by himself? Well, social media nowadays is a way to reach out to the public. You can use social media. You can take your own photography and put it on social media, your Facebook, Instagram, um, word of mouth surroundings or let's say you are in a you bought into a new property i'm pretty sure you will be in also a owner's group chat and stuff like that you can always share and try to rent out among yourself but honestly speaking i think in malaysia especially i think agent is still the number one uh, channel that we should be engaging and leverage in order to rent out the unit fast because time is uh, the key Correct, you mentioned time, right? So, you know, if you were to do it by yourself, obviously it'd be a very time-consuming affair. And you may not even have the network uh, to reach out to enough prospective tenants. Now, every landlord wishes to find a good tenant that will take care of the property and pay their rent on time. Now, in your experience, do owners really get to screen and select their tenants or basically it's the luck of the draw when it comes to tenant quality? Well, I think 50-50 because they... They probably don't see the tenant at all and everything is based on what agent mentioned to them, right? Sometimes they don't get to see them. Sometimes they even they meet each other. So how can you read the person within such a, what, 10, 15 minutes during the inspection? So I think it's quite risky if you ask me, even in today's world, like, it, you can't get a 100% guaranteed a good quality tenant. Now, landlords also face tenants who consistently are late with their rental payment. And that usually comes with delays in paying for electricity and water bills as well. In your experience, do most landlords actually enforce the late payment penalties? Well, you can put it in your tenancy agreement, um, but you, you, you see when you put it inside the tenancy agreement and the tenant read through it, right, they will feel, you know, like offended. Why, why are you putting such a extraordinary rules to me? Well, are you looking down on me? You know, that kind of bad stigma kind of thing will happen. Um, you can, but I don't think a lot of people actually do that. But there are there is certain sector in our rental market, right? For example, room rentals, they they do a lot of uh, they impose a lot of these kind of rules because of the kind of uh, property tenants that they are actually targeting. A lot of students, a lot of young young executives level kind of so on a lower bracket in terms of the income. So they will want to impose all these uh, uh, rules penalty for late payments. Now, Vincent, how do you evict tenants in the event that the relationship between the landlord and the tenant really goes down south? This is a very tricky question. It's, it's not lawful um, in Malaysia, right, to actually evict your tenant without a court order. So I think uh, in general, there are two types of property. Like one is a condo apartment, the other one is landed, right? So for condo, what we can do normally is we will write into the management office and try to bar the access card. But of course, they are still tenant that not paying, then they find their ways to go in. Then uh, what we can do is really lots of police report. And if can, we need to go to the premise and really knock the door and try to talk to the tenant. So two avenues, um, either lodge a police report and let the authorities take the matter in their hands. Or if you're living in a condominium or even some of these landed, gated and guarded communities, it's obviously to block the access at the point of entry. 
As a property owner, landlords are also responsible for maintaining the properties and addressing repair requests from tenants. So how do landlords find reliable contractors to find these odd job repairs? Because I think all of us have really got a problem these days of finding good quality contractors that will do all this odd job. For myself, I used to ask a lot from my parents to contact who can fix my aircon, who can fix my plumbing and wiring and all, all this stuff like that. Whether or not you can get a good contractor, I think it's pretty much the same like how you get a tenant, which is 50-50. There are a lot of people doing such job, but you can't know whether they can deliver their job into top-notch quality or up to expectation or not. Now, probably more riskier for landlords who rent out fully furnished units. Tenants may damage the furniture, appliance and loose fittings of the property that goes beyond the deposit sums. What legal recourse or actions can the landlord take against these willful damages? Practically nothing much because if you want to go towards uh, taking legal proceeding to your tenant, it's going to cost you a lot. This is the kind of risk that a lot of landlords is actually facing. So the best way is to mitigate rather than when it comes to that damage happen, then you have, you need to find for source for fund to actually repair it. So I think the maximum normally is up to the security deposit that the, that they have paid you. One thing I would like to add is also uh, tenant when it comes to the month number eleven of the first year tenancy, right? They will probably delay in terms of paying a rental because they have they have the thought in mind that hey, the security deposit is still with you, ma, right? As a landlord, so end of the day they are trying to use the security deposit to pay for the last two-month uh, rental, which is, I don't think it's a correct thing to do because the deposit, it, the function of the deposit is actually to pay for any damages that happen in the house. So this goes back to the current issue of the relationship between the landlord and the tenant. It's only governed by a very simple private agreement that is signed by both parties. And there is no regulatory oversight for the rental market for landlords and tenants to understand or enforce their responsibilities. So how legally protective are the current lease agreements? In Malaysia, Unfortunately, there isn't any act right now. If you ask me under what law, it's just contract law, just a tenancy agreement between owner and tenant. So we are aware that there is a proposal to KPKT on a Residential Tenancy Act. And with that also, we understand there's been some objections raised by certain stakeholders in the industry. Could you help us explain what's going on with this proposal? So I think government is trying to intervene and trying to be fair to owner and tenant. They want to take care of both parties' welfare. Um, some of the big um, big pointers within this proposal is the security deposit has to be held by the government instead of by the owner. And also, the sum is no longer two and a half months. The two months supposedly for the for the any damages and the half month is for utility. But now, if let's say this proposal goes through, right, the half month of utility will actually go to one month. Then the next point is if let's say if any claimant on the damage using this security deposit, we act, the owner actually have to submit to the tribunal, which is the governed body that control and manages this thing. There will be a lot of inefficiency in terms of timing. Just now, like I just now I mentioned, for tenant, tenant has to fork up more money upfront, which is a very heavy burden for them. And on the flip side, for owner, they probably have to wait for a long time in order to get approval, to get the funds out of the security deposit from the tribunal to pay for the damages. Yeah, I suppose that's why it's still in the proposal stage. Um, <laughs> I haven't sorted out all the detailed operational issues that actually make this entire process more efficient. Exactly. On the property show this morning is Vincent Lim, founder of Cozy Homes, a rental platform solutions provider for property owners. 
When we come back from the break, we get some insights and tips on how to get better rental yields. This is BFM 89.9. Welcome back to The Property Show where we have Vincent Lim, founder of Cozy Homes. Before the break, we look at the current industry model and issues facing landlords and tenants. Vincent, usually non-landed properties appear to get a better rental yield than landed properties, where yields can go as high as 4 to 5%. Why is that? So for non-landed, uh, normally it comes with a lot of facilities, right? And also, they are most of the time in more city centre area. Whereas as opposed to landed, landed is normally further and there's no facilities, amenities within the compound, you probably have to drive very far away to, to go to your gym, to go to swimming pool and stuff like that. That's why uh, the rental yield as compared, you know, let's say really comparing apple to apple is relatively lower if you ask me. Now, based on your experience, what tips would you give to landlords to get higher rental yields? To get higher rental yield, of course, you can always furnish up the unit nicely. The better you design you you furnish the higher rental most likely you can fetch because you are winning the competition now what kind of budget would you set for somebody to furnish the apartment so for example if the property is valued at 500,000 ringgit you know what kind of percentage quantum should they uh, allocate to furnish the property so it really depends but if let's say budget for renovation shouldn't be more than 8% of your SPA price so that's the rule of thumb that I know I'm normally use. Maximum max at like eight percent because end of the day, rental properties are for investment purpose, right? You don't want to overspend too much that you can't cover or can't make as much as you expected in the first place. Now, in terms of uh, effective rental yields, you know, which which is better, you know, renting the whole unit, renting per room, or renting on short term stays? Entire unit will give you stable income, probably on the lower side. Room rental probably will give you on slightly higher or par level to the entire unit. Because you see, a four-bedders, right, you can rent out to four different tenants. But the thing is, four different tenants don't come in at the same time. So some people go in and out, in and out throughout the five years, ten years time span, right? You probably get back exactly the same, like renting out the for entire unit. And for the last one, which is the short term, very seasonal, high risk, high returns. Mm. So so when, when, let's say you are near a tourist spot, during holiday season, then obviously your, your rent is going to be very high. But what if there is no holiday season? Your rent is going to be very low. Again, if you average out, I think all three will be probably the same. Uh, one thing I would like to add is also for room rental and short term, right? You can't do it by yourself. You need to hire someone, a, a middleman or property agent or a tenancy agent for you to handle all these things. And there's obviously a fees incurred. So then brings up the question, right? How does one find a good agent? Because I think many of us have this experience that there's a lot of agents out there that seems to be fishing for properties, right? So how do I find a good agent? So for new newcomers into this industry, right? The first place you can go to is, of course, the big platforms in Malaysia like iProperty and Property Guru, right? They have a lot of agents there. Ask them out. Uh, if, let's say, try, tr okay, try to use agents which is very active in that particular uh, 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 condos or apartments rather than getting someone who, who does entire area of Klang Valley when they are scattered right when you are everywhere you are nowhere okay that's what I'm trying to say so yeah uh, this is a term we use called hyperlocal get a hyperlocal agent who is very familiar with the building and of course when you meet ask for the rent license make sure it's a legit valid uh, agent that, that he's doing their work lah. 
Yeah, so, you know, this brings us to our next point of discussion. Most of our rental practices seems to be rather archaic. Some of us are familiar with Property Guru and iProperty. My question is, are digital platforms giving the traditional real estate agents a run for their money or these current platforms are just property listings that just ultimately brings the transaction back to the agents? Well, it's definitely the later one. So you see, you mentioned iProperty, Property Guru. Actually, their main customers are agents. There are, a, there are a lot of these things on their platforms. End of the day, when it comes to the last mile of the renting journey, right, it still goes back to the physical meeting up with the agents and, and transacted through manually. So it's just a platform mainly for listing purposes. So it's still very much an advertising uh, property listing platform. It is, it is, it is. And there's very little actually online transactions that goes on on those platforms. Very, very minimal. I will say in general, maybe Malaysia less than 5% or even even lower. Very minimal. I suppose if you say it's less than 5%, it's obviously a market that can grow tremendously if we can get the right business model out correct, there, right? Correct, correct, correct. So looking at the gaps in the existing digital solutions, um, Vincent, what other new alternative digital platforms do you see happening in the Malaysian market for both the landlords and agents looking to rent properties? There are a lot of solutions uh, in the market. For example, like tenancy management, they will help you find, find a tenant and working with a, what they call a panel agents, right? So panel agents are being scrutinized or being audited, not scrutinized, sorry, audited by, by these operators. They help you to make sure whatever I mentioned earlier, whether they are, they are legit or not, do they have rent license or not, uh, do they attend for real estate kind of training, right? So, and also with their network, they can find you the tenant very easily. And after that, right, they also can help you manage your tenant. In a way, they can help you collect rental, if there's any dispute happen, right, you as a land, I mean, owner themselves, they, the worst thing they want is always to receive phone calls from tenants, right? In the middle of the night, especially. So I think there are also people like that that help them um, to manage the disputes, to mitigate the disputes, lah, to maintain the relationship, be very healthy so that tenant always pay a tenant, uh, owner on time. And end of the day, when the tenant wants to move out, right, um, they also coordinate and manages the security deposit to be fair for both parties. Uh, then when it comes to the next tenancy, right, they probably help you to do restaging to make sure it's in a, uh, like a brand new condition so that it's easier for you to rent out and can do a, a better photography for, for your listings. There are also players that do property maintenance. So what they do is they will make sure all this thing to be done within maybe two or three days so that, like I mentioned, the dispute between tenant and uh, landlord can be avoided. Uh, in order, end of the day, what... What this player trying to do, right, is to make sure to be very smooth and also the rental payment to be paid on time. So when it comes to this tenancy management services or, or property management services platform, how much will they be charging the landlord for this? Well, in, in general, um, agents are also trying to help them on, on these kind of services. So instead of charging, like I mentioned, instead of charging one month, Right, they probably will ask for 1.25, 1.5, and they provide these services as well. Okay, so then the other type is uh, typical property managers. Lo. They charge 10%, but nowadays uh, after MCO, right, they raise the percentage. Right? Now I think it's probably 12% to 15%. Uh, and, uh, and the third player is uh, they, they charge a fixed fee per annual, uh, which can be as low as 300 over ringgit per year only. And that's exactly what Cozy Homes is doing. Right. 
Vincent, thank you very much for your time. It's been insightful having this conversation with you. On The Property Show was Vincent Lim, founder of Cozy Homes. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.